0: Okay, I'm going to start off by saying, James, I love how you like to call these things fireside chats or fire, yeah, fireplace chats. because, And I'm going to tell, uh, tell a lot about where we tape. I mean, we tape this show in a condo. We're certainly not taping this beside a fireside. We're certainly not taping this show. We're not. A we're not taping it at McDonald's. <laughs> no. We're
1: not taping it at Tim Hortons. <laughs> they have some fireside. Well, actually, <laughs> more so than we do.
0: If anything, we're taping this show beside a, you know, we're 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 taping this show inside an apartment. There's no fireplace. If anything, if anything, this is this isn't a fireside chat. This is more like a space heater chat because we can't afford a fireplace because we're poor. Please, sir. I want some more. those of its participants, and do not necessarily reflect those of the Producers and the Six Talk Podcast Network. Also, the following contains mature material and mild language, which may not be suitable for all audiences. Discretion is advised.
1: <laughs> we can't even afford uh, the leather seats, right, that people put well. beside them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> So Something like that. I, I, thought, I thought it would be a, a, a good way, just you know, I thought that's just a good way to like bring out my inner James, uh, Jim Jeffries, Jim Jeffries to start it, start us off. So um, good evening from our six point studio here in Toronto, Mike Nicholas, James Austin, just the two of us this time around uh, recording what essentially is anime roundtable version two digest number two. Uh it's been, what? It's been... Over a month. Yeah, over, over a month. A month. Well, we're just I mean, into March, so... Yeah, oh yeah, well, yeah. I was about to say, well, we had to get in our obligatory February taping. Well, we missed it.
1: <laughs> just,
0: well, if we had 29 days, we would have made it. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true too. It is uh, Friday eve We're taping this on Friday evening, March the 1st, 2019. And you know, as mentioned, we it's been... It's been a month and a half now since we uh, last taped, and frankly we're not pre- frankly neither of us were none of us were really prepared to do a full episode, but we did want to put something out there. so uh, we want to reserve this digest for essentially another what's uh, things that have caught our attention over the last six weeks, and probably these are items also that will be up for further debate in, when the others when um Kevin, mo, young Mo. Neil, Jeff, maybe Angela, maybe Courtney. If we're real lucky on those two, uh, when and Jeffrey too. Happy Blade birthday, Jeff. Uh, it, when they come around the table uh, again. So let's. Uh, so we just wanted to talk about literally stuff that's on our minds, but not really. You know, not a, Not really talking to dead air or talking to. Not really talking solo. Uh, mm-hmm. right? So where do we start? I mean, we have maybe what half a dozen, I uh, maybe like, we're going to see what we can pack in, in the next hour or so we're talking. First thing I'll do first is uh silence my watch.
1: Like that's not a thing we used to say way back in the day. I'm just going to silence my watch. Yeah, I'm just going to silence <laughs> my like... watch. A, we used to say that a lot. Uh, <laughs> you used years, say uh, so. the first few episodes, uh, right? Uh, when uh, we were well, at York. <laughs> well, when we were saying, uh, well,
0: yeah, uh, um, take a shot there. Right. So, <laughs> Where do we start?
1: Oh, well, I pod. know you were uh, getting uh, some stuff done last weekend there oh, uh, at camp. the podcast camp yeah. trying to uh, spruce us up, right? So how did that go? I okay, know you just went so, for the day.
0: Yeah, I only did went for one day. Okay. PodCamp 2019. Um, this, I found out, is now an actual tradition. It has become a tradition at Ryerson sometime, a February uh, conference. They call it an unconference if you look on the, on their website. It's just... It started off as a podcast camp and a podcast conference talking about all things podcasting. I think it's branched a little bit more into social media, like just general social media stuff and how to, and marketing in the social media and basic marketing in the social media age for, but like it's, and it lends itself to some academic stuff, some with, with interests. I mean, I met a lot of fellow podcasters and want to be podcasters. People mm-hmm. who want to use social media marketing and as a as a as an, a tool for income. Met mm-hmm. people in the broadcasting. Met a few people who are professors at other colleges at Ryerson. Well, at, not just at Ryerson, but at Centennial College and uh, Seneca. Met a couple people from the CBC mm-hmm. who who's uh, heading out. Who's big on their um, who's uh, big on their um, pod, on, in their podcast uh, initiatives there. Mm-hmm. And it was a really uh, like it wasn't for something that has been around for about ten years. You know, I think it's like it had been going since at least 10, 2007, maybe give or take. Right. Mm-hmm. And how do I put this? It's it was small. I fa- I still found it fairly small and fairly small. You thought it would get it would be a lot bigger, and maybe it has is and. I suppose it's gotten bigger from its original uh, incarnations mm-hmm. back more than a decade ago because you had um, basically lectures, lectures, lectures over the, uh, over the, uh, course, of the show, course of the conference so, and maybe about six hours worth of lectures each day, uh, give or take on the Saturday and the Sunday and then, you know, social events on the Friday and the Saturday evening. Okay. so a lot of lecturing and networking type events yeah, and stuff just, like that with other, like, I'm not like, I'm not personally, I'm not big on, uh, I can't say I, I'm familiar with doing co- like ac- uh, quasi academic conferences, but yeah, they're more lecture based
1: and stuff like that. Because yes. They're looking at it from the outside some of the time and it's like more structure and stuff like that it's kind of funny when you think about that because podcasting and social media is so unstructured and there's no, I would say, sil- it's like whoever can find the right formula or the silver bullet to actually make the money off of it, God bless him, because it's so unstructured. Like you just have to hit that viral moment and just run with it. That's, that's what way it feels to put, like. That's
0: a good way to put That's not a, I, I wouldn't say that's wrong. I can't say I agree or disagree. It's just that's food for thought. And the, and it comes back to one point that I, that I've, I kind of learned while being at the conference, which was, there's no wrong answers to this, Mm -hmm. right? I I mean, I'm going to single out two people that I had nice conversations with or good conversations with or saw a lecture. One is Lindsay Michael, Mm who is the host of like a podcast show on CBC radio. And I think one of the co-hosts who, and she co-hosts that show with um, Matt Galloway, the host of Metro Morning here on CBC radio in Toronto, Okay. So um what was her name? Uh I I let me get the uh, na- exact name of the show. Um it was called Well, I don't have it down. Oh well. Oh, Podcast Playlist. That's the name okay. of her uh, of of the show from uh Lindsay Michaels' show. Um and she co-hosts that with uh, Matt Galloway. Podcast Playlist. And she did this and I I missed about the first 10-15 minutes of it. Mm-hmm. And but she talked about the trends in podcasting and the thing and the things that, um, what is it? And the things that people are looking for when they listen to podcasts. In it, she um, talked about four or um, five pillars. Okay. Uh, as to why, as to the things about podcasting, why people listen to them or what they look for in podcasting. Mm-hmm. And, and those pillars are podcasts to entertain, mm-hmm. to educate, With- inform inspire and connect. And she ela- And she spent her entire lecture I could definitely see those, yeah. Like, obviously,
1: we would be more for entertainment and connecting. It's like, I know, for other ones we usually listen to, it's like information and education. CBC is big on those and stuff like that, mm-hmm. with their news organization being at the forefront for that and doing certain stories.
0: Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, the other thing, uh, but she... Like what stuck out to me at the time uh, was um, the last two points, because mm-hmm. as she introduced those two points, she talked about the issue of loneliness and how that's how, um, how uh, some health organizations are are attributing that to a, a, like, a, to attributing that as being a, a, a growing health problem mm. because of how, how um, how loneliness can lead to mental health issues, and in turn can lead to fi- to physical health issues.
1: Oh, how people are getting their content
0: and stuff like that, and they're more oh. well. It's more. It's not. Mm. It's, it's more like um. Well, the the connecting part, the inspiring the connecting, connecting yeah. part. That, I mean, it helps people with that. Mm. But because, okay, so it does help people, but it can be a double edged sword. No, so no, it's, it's not okay. really this. Mm. It's more because it's it's more just a re- like podcast as a remedy for it. Okay, interesting. Because, um, and, and this gets a little bit big, I suppose. It, it's because we live in a increasingly, I guess, for it, it's the irony about our society. Sometimes, uh, like, maybe aging demogra- uh some of our issues of aging demographics, people getting older and becoming more isolated, uh, but in the process of they age, they get a little bit more, or get older, sometimes they get a little bit more isolated, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, social media is heli- is kind of a maybe a and now there now social media is your double-edged sword in and of itself maybe a, so that's where i'm not disagreeing with you mm-hmm. it's more of a case of well but on the
1: podcast side we could think of it more like a radio program of old you know what i mean and as you said mm-hmm. you can listen to it when anyway. people listen to it on their commutes you can listen to it in your recliner and, so and, 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 so and, so and then and the subject mm-hmm. matter
0: is skewing towards that that was the nature mm-hmm. of podcasting right it's Like, like it's like any other version of and, 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 and the podcast camp regards podcasting as a medium in and of itself, different from different from radio, different from television, Mm -hmm. from the traditional forms. And people think, you know, it's going to, that there's an importance with it. As I said, I have to like, I kind
1: of link it more to radio myself. I'm saying it's not an exact carbon copy, but you know what I mean?
0: Mm, It isn't. And but it but it but it has its roots there. It has mm-hmm. its roots in it has its roots in uh, audio. So there that was part uh, that's one that's the one thing that kind of stuck out with me. And um, I mean, I I mean, I, I do want to go a little bit more in depth into this, maybe another time. It's just on top of this, uh, on top of this, there's it's a little bit more accessibility. Uh, obviously, there's an accessibility issue when it comes to podcasting. Uh, it, there's what, half a million podcasts out there, I mm-hmm. guess? That's yeah, I, it's like a a basically
1: an ocean, and it's like, where do you start and stuff like yeah. that? And, and even if you're like, I want one of
0: those five pillars, they probably are flooded in all five pillars. Oh, yes. No doubt about it. And, and then as other lectures went, uh, we talked about, uh, lectures also talked a little bit more about repurpose existing content that was another one that kind of stuck out with me so start mm. so say somebody puts out a blog post an article etc and then we start to allow and then people like to do make um make media make content based on that one post Mm-hmm. but it, but and maybe this is sort of the anime and manga model in many respects when we start um Like these, uh, all these other content in the end, in many ways promote the original post. Mm Kind of like, kind of like anime, anime and manga. Yeah, it's like
1: uh, ours could definitely be seen as that. And even going way back, we I think about Icarus. Remember that they're not in business anymore. But remember, they we took like the creator um, Simon. I forget his name, but remember. he always did like blog posts and stuff like that and looked at a lot of things. And sometimes you could take a few things and look at that. And sometimes we'd maybe take a link and you'd put a thing back and you said he uh, was very thankful and gave a shout out to us, I think, at one point.
0: I do, remember, I sort of remember it. It's a yeah, little it's, bit murky and I my know it's now.
1: because yeah. it was way, way back when. And then he just kind of disappeared, which is kind of crazy. But it's kind of that thing where it's like it goes together you know what i mean Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, and that's a little bit more elaborate but even at its most simple form in many ways an anime promotes the manga or a a video game
1: yeah no we said the trifecta is what they were always going for where it's like if they could get like two of the three or something like that be like a really big hit and as you said it's like you had the manga and then the anime and then the game or sometimes it would be either or it depends and they go from there as you said, with the production committee system, basically it's like okay, you guys do this, you guys do that, you guys do the other thing, and then away they go. Yeah, and then of course you have like the merchandising, which is the figures and everything like that. So mm-hmm. you never know.
0: And that's sort of it, that's sort of the story of this this particular of this lecture by done by a guy named Andy McElwain, right? Mm-hmm. And I think his slides are there. It's on the podcast website, and I guess we'll link uh, we'll link a link to it in the uh, show notes on the website. Mm-hmm uh so that was interesting one was uh the another lecture i saw was um the next lecture i ended up uh, remembering was uh well it was it was done by a guy named shane burley and i think he did a did a book called social media for kids for dummies or something to that effect Mm. um and he talked about just you know having a seize the day moment Sees the uh, sees the day uh, type thing. Only so many Friday nights left. He called his lecture. The whole idea was that you could, the idea is you should just hit record. Basically, what we're doing here tonight, what we did a, about a year ago, because we I know in February we, we while we didn't tape, we passed uh, the anniversary of our return mm-hmm. of uh, taping our return mm-hmm. tonight. Uh, this week, like March third, will be our will be anime roundtables. 13th anniversary, is it? 2006. So the the podcast will celebrate its 13th anniversary later this weekend. Mm. So um, it's been that long. Yeah, time does pass, doesn't it? No kidding, no (laughs) kidding. You look great, by the way. (laughs) I'm Uh, sure. (laughs) So, but he said, but Burley's thing is hit record and be authentic. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, um, and, you know, use and challenge yourself to do something that, you would find insane. <laughs> uh, we, 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 we
1: do get that from totally, some of our people we have on, others. right? It's or, like they give they the give us that insanity. I'm sure uh, not so much. Neil and Adam definitely gave us, will, us the spark plugs. No kidding. There.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, the next uh, the other lecture that stuck out another lec- the another uh, the one more lecture that stuck out to me actually there's maybe two more. Um, one one other lecture that st- stuck out to me it was a guy from a guy named Anthony Merkel. Um, who had this belief, like who had nothing against where the increasing commercialization of uh, of podcasting. But what about the true amateurs? What about the true personal ones? Like he had this, he used this phrase: "I believe in podcasting more as a strict art form,
1: something that will mm-hmm. pro-
0: that's never going to be a um, that will never make money, but should be a snapshot of the people who make it." Mm. i think i suppose right and it's good and he was always happy that uh, he always said his favorite podcasts were the ones that were so ad-libbed and seemed so like on the topic of authentic of being authentic of being real right
1: i guess it could be worse it could be like that one oscar speech it's like we'll just take turns oh yeah (laughs) well there's like
0: a bunch of oscar speeches that were like that on sunday but um Like, he, he, I think he really liked the more unscripted styles that Mm -hmm. seemed to be him, right? But he, as I said, he, he loved, like, he has nothing against the way podcasting is going. It's just the way things are. Mm -hmm. It's just that there was, there is a reason how it's, why it started in the first place or how it started in the first place. And we shouldn't, and there's nothing wrong with sticking with with those roots. So he refers to it as podcasting as an artistic pursuit. Right, and as I said, he's his favorite podcasts are the ones made by his friends that talk about their daily lives. Mm. So, uh, th- which and these are the types of shows that you're not likely to find in a directory, and yeah, kind of yes, like
1: an audio journal and stuff like that. Basically, mm.
0: people uh, people reading uh, each other's audio journals. Uh, you know, kind of like as I'm reading from my own right now. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that in a sec. <laughs> so. Um, I, and and these were all good food for thought items uh, can't, uh i will as i said I have to get in touch with some of these guys a little later on in the future um and then the and then one other person who I spoke with was a journalism professor at uh at centennial college and this mm-hmm. was just a this was part of that networking and mm-hmm. she was a wonderful a wonderful person to talk to a wonderful prof she told us that her class her, she made her assign. She gave them their term assignments, and their assignment is to create a podcast for themselves. And she'll be marking at least oh three dozen. She said, "Oh, that's going to be quite a process." Oh man! But uh, we we um, had a nice long conversation. I think she's written. She's done some stuff based on uh, World War II stuff. So I think it would be interesting to talk with her and tell her the story of the Visser Brothers.
1: To tell them. Mm, oh, yes. And, their and,
0: con- and the connection they have to the Anne Frank story.
1: Yep. That. And then, we of would, course, even the building itself of the comic den. It's like the history of that and mm-hmm. all the war wounded and that coming back and stuff like that. Yes. I com- hope that that house was, uh, was properly f- like. You know it, what I mean? Because it, was, I, I don't, it, it, it is similar to the Grange, which is in Mississauga too, and had a similar story. You know what I mean? Let's...
0: Okay, I'm going to backtrack for the, our, our listeners just to tell them the story of... Well, first of all, the Anne Frank story. Um, we've mentioned that many times. Uh, at least uh, enough times that you it can be easily found in past episodes. Although, um, we know nobody listens to this show. So if you're looking for it, let us know, and then we'll uh, try and dig it out for you, okay? The... um. Comic Den Brothers. Uh, so Terry and Anthony they ran their store in a house that was made for that was a re- that w- in a repurposed house that was moved into Mississauga, but I forgot where it originally was. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing. The house was originally meant made for um, veterans returning from the war mm-hmm. from World War Two. Yep. Yep. And they had quite
1: a few things. Like, I think the Grange one was originally there and it had the same purpose Mm -hmm. and stuff like that, but it is preserved and stuff like that. But it's very interesting, especially when you're considering how small those houses were. It's like, it makes you think, how did they fit all these veterans in there and stuff like that? You think about how it is now, right? You know what I mean?
0: Family. I think, I think they were made for each individual, uh, for individual families and stuff, but you're you're right. Those, that was a cramped space. That was a Mm -hmm. fairly cramped space. So that's, that's part of it. And when the brothers sold the store, and remember, we first introduced them to you guys in 2007 as the store closed
1: for mm-hmm. the final
0: time, and they were preparing to um, empty it out. They, they had sold the thing, and it stood abandoned for years. It was actually used, the abandoned um, storefront was used in some promotions for Free Comic Book Day. Mm-hmm. I know that because um, the brothers actually showed me the ad. Mm-hmm. some years ago um so but it stood empty for years until until recently until within the last couple of years i believe they demolished it mm. so i don't think it was preserved at all but the but it's not there anymore i will tell you that because it's i've just I've a vacant by. land it's just a vacant spot it's just mm-hmm. a vacant spot i don't know if the brothers actually know that themselves too
1: yeah, because you said you fig- they figured and everyone else figured it would be something like a condo or an apartment development because that roadway has a lot of buildings like that, apartments and whatnot.
0: Yes. So we don't know, like, as I said, we we, we have no clue where the, um, what stand, uh, what's going to become of the space where the store mm-hmm. once stood.
1: But yeah, it's one of those things where, yeah, they're not the most prettiest buildings to look at, but... Those still have a story, those buildings after the war and stuff like that. It's even like when you look at London, England, stuff like that, and you are near St. Paul's and that, and they just built these buildings in the 50s and stuff like that after the bombings and that. They may not be the most architecturally pleasing and stuff like that, but some of them have their stories and their purpose for what they are. So it's not not bad to save some of those. Like we've talked about before how... Feels like we're just paving over our history and stuff like that, and it just continues on. Mm-hmm. It's like what are going to happen? All these condos we build, they're just going to tear them all down, build an even higher condo fifty years or a hundred years
0: Who knows? down the road. <laughs> well, uh, uh, well, mercifully, uh, you know, we we are unlikely to be around for that anyway. Very nice. Uh, yeah. Very on that fun. note, let's move on. Um, so, I but uh, talking with the uh, professor, ta- mm-hmm. talking with the professor, we had a nice conversation, and I hope to. Uh, like I've written, I sent her an email. Hopefully, um, I uh, hopefully uh, her name's Ellen Bessner. I think she worked for CBC also for, uh, at one point in her life. But uh, hopefully, we'll we'll uh, hear from her. I'll hear from her in the near future. But um, that was a great conversation as well. But um, the only thing is, uh, I mean, we can I can go on and on about this before uh, later on. The it seems
1: is- like you got a lot out of one day because, as you said, it was a two day. Um, got together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And we never had the The thing is I uh, I tried to get uh time to do day two, but never got around to that because mm-hmm. um, work got in the way. So uh, funny part about work is I, I, I was able to get uh, out early anyway. I was mm-hmm. kind of late for the rest of the podcast to do the rest of the pod camp, but it was nice to still uh, relax on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's pod camp. And um, my only real regret is I didn't just like uh, bringing back the podcast didn't really do it, didn't do it sooner. And I hope to go again. I hope to personally do it again next year and uh, talk mm-hmm. with a lot of the same people. It, it turns out that, um, like we have, I met a lot of people who had done the pod camp for most of its history, almost all of its history. And I started to put some faces to names that I heard in the past who were on Facebook groups that I heard about, um, Concerning amateur podcasts in Canada, I started. I met people who I'd seen posts from from that from that Facebook group for the first time. Okay, so I thought nice to you know talk with them uh, for the talk with them as well. Podcamp, but so Podcamp Toronto, and uh, that'll be something to look forward to uh, in the future, assuming we're still around. (laughs) Presumably, we'll still be around. Okay, so um, that's one topic from on my mind. Do we want to get to the heart of this of what we really want to talk about? I know we're going to talk about this a little bit further when the others are around, but do you want to really get to this one
1: yeah. uh, to get some anime content, so yeah. to speak, well, uh, an- into the episode? It's but this like is not this is it's like we're going to look at exactly where we are and let them know this is when we talk about the anime. Yeah, and you're probably is- not. It's like I think most people would have an idea we might touch on it, and probably even further in another episode. But uh, especially the Vic Mignogna. Yeah. It's an, it's a, it, it has many layers to it. Well, and like it feels like it's kept on growing and growing. It, it's probably there's not anything more now at the beginning of March, but it just kept on growing. This has
0: taken a life on its of its own, I think. Let me uh let's I'm gonna backtrack a little bit when I say uh backtrack a little bit. We joked around, or not really joked, but we wondered like when um when the creator of Kenshin Watsuki, when Nobu Nobu Watsuki got met got caught up in his uh his child porn um, Mm -hmm. issues uh a a couple some years back and we said we talked a little bit about that and you know anime having a me too moment well that wasn't it that me too animes or north american anime anime fandoms me too moment has happened and it happened in the last month or so
1: Mm -hmm. there was i'll have to find the article but there was a seiyuu in japan talking about her experiences and stuff like that in the with industry. Him? Oh, no, in no, industry, no, no, yes. no, not that just, general. but just in general. And well, that that's... was kind of a me too thing. And it was interesting, but it wasn't anything we hadn't heard before. Like she talking because... about there isn't really acting per se. Like a lot of them, they have to do their voice acting and be an idol now. And then they have to go and schmooze as she would say with like, maybe the director or producer and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And it definitely blurs the line in a way that I it's... would agree is not good. And, Explaining them going to a hot spring. And she's like, no, I'm not going into a hot spring. With well, me.
0: it's, it sounds a little bit like the idol industry, generally speaking, mm-hmm. like at least what I've heard. Mm-hmm. And, and I, that one, and when she was talking, it
1: was about 15 years ago before the idols became even more prevalent. You know, well, I mean? like there was a lot it, more it, that it got had got been through the acting. Well,
0: uh, but then again, we're, we might be so, talking something like about something that's existed always. And maybe we've hit it, the Me Too moment the Me Too era has, has made sure...
1: It's hard to say, like, on the Japanese side, like, they will have it, and she did mention Me Too in that, but how through their lens it'll go through because yes. it obviously goes a different way, and I feel it would that go... That is It's actually- not as... It's not as bam, it hits them right there. It's probably gonna be a very slow burn before anything or someone says, hmm, you know what I mean? Or they even start to think. You might and be, realize there. I'm not
0: gonna like actually that's that's a good food for thought because then we're talking more cultural stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, and the way-
1: they've talked about it in general, even look at France, like France has taken the Me Too movement in a very different thing because they have a very different culture and stuff like that. And some of the things saying, hey, this is how we've acted in our culture for yeah, generations and-, and stuff like that. And you can't be importing that and how we act and stuff like that. And how French men have been obviously more aggressive.
0: You know what I mean? And I guess in Asia, it'll have its own little tweaks mm-hmm. in Japan and China and the Philippines and Korea. And those are more like those have those societies. As much as we have taken interest with them, with them sometimes, uh, especially on the show, and to the point of maybe romanticizing it, it got issues. Mm-hmm. Just like every other society, they have issues. They're not perfect, mm-hmm. and it's it's it, that. And you know, Japanese society has it has theirs. Yep. So, uh, okay, so we already were off the tangent because we wanted to talk about Vic Mcnona, And yep. I hope we're pronouncing this right. His yeah, name. Yeah, I,
1: I believe it. No, don't worry, I'm sure his many fans will come and delete us from the face of the earth if we well, are wrong.
0: Well, that, I guess that's, a, that's another layer in the whole... Like, to me, that's like, another layer. I, I heard about that, and I knew that he
1: had a lot of fans and stuff like that, but it's so weird when you think about, yeah, they build them up at the conventions and they build them up, obviously, to sell the anime dvds and the anime blu-rays and the streaming now and stuff like that but it's just crazy how they could get that big for some of them because it's not like they're getting paid really that great and stuff like that and how he's kind of built this brand i think and he's like a discord and a fan club and facebook and all that And his mom was supposedly running this stuff and you're like holy smokes it's like What's going on? <laughs> yeah, this is this like is and it's just, it, like it's not rare, probably on the Japanese side, but I feel it. It's it's very odd to me on our side. You actually, know what I mean.
0: to to see a to see a Western voice actor kind of get that mm-hmm. type of cult following in many ways, in any thick. other language other than yeah, and that's that sounds like th- what's happened with and like he all, yeah, he was the, the biggest decade and a half, but he's
1: as we said, and it was the more recent ones that he has still had issues. Before he even got into anime, which was probably when he started with ADV and stuff like that. So it was even, they said, in the late 80s. And that was when he was with, I guess, a Christian theater group or Christian TV or something like that. But he had still been... It's Lots like his, be, it's his behavior is very and ongoing, stuff like that. And Uber I, I, the thing is... I don't Uber. think he realizes he's been crossing the line and stuff like that. You think when, so? You think he's? I think not? I think he's he's talking to himself when he like he's got some. I don't think him going to therapy or him doing like I think it's deep within and even regardless if he's a good Christian person or whatever, I I don't I did, even you know, know what I mean like it's. It's it's deeper than that and stuff like that. And he has to turn around his thinking. And if he's been thinking like this for over 30 years and stuff like that, I don't think he's going to change his behavior, especially when since we've heard all the allegations and how he's been basically he's, very close. And we've heard from Jamie Marchi. We've heard from Monica Riel and stuff like that. Monica and all Riel, of them I have been very similar season. and stuff like that about pulling Harris like, yeah, it's like maybe a kiss on the cheek is – Okay, but this is like, why do you like, why are you even doing that? Yes, And you would uh, think that if he's doing this in waiting rooms and stuff like that, at Funimation or ADV, wherever it is, it's like someone like they have prize secretaries and people there. Yeah, they're not actual employees. Like some people are saying, oh, why don't they go to human resources or why don't they do this? These are contract people. They have to have... An, this it's, is, it's like every audition is its own
0: interview. That's this is, why a lot of it probably got swept under the lug, rug because they didn't want to rock the boat. This is at the heart of uh, Monica Real's statement, from what I could gather. Mm-hmm. Because she, like, why didn't you speak up? Well, I had to work. Like, this is like any other version of the... Of, of what we've heard about, uh, in the, and they're, era. and yeah, These, they're
1: more exposed like, on the thing because they're not actual employees and they're all contract work.
0: Yes. And and on top of that, and it's like, not like they're
1: getting paid
0: a lot. So they need those jobs. Yes. They need to put money on and, the table and, and food on the table and money mm-hmm. in the bank. And like, th- like this and this, and to all, you know, to anybody who says, well, oh, why didn't they step forward sooner? These are probably the same people who will say they're lying. And that's what, what, that's the part that kind of bothers me about that starts to bother me about this whole thing.
1: Yeah. It's like really weird that we I saw got What was it? Those two hashtags, kick Vic. And then was it, I stand with Vic and stuff like that. And it's crazy to think that like, for, this is like, like it's like, it's like these two fractions just going right at each other. And I'm just staring at them. like, is, holy shit. Like what's going on here? It's like, you look at the facts, me and you, and we can see the issues, but, everyone else
0: in these two camps it feels like the facts don't matter they're just going at it well it sounds like a sounds like a presidential US presidential campaign in many ways mm-hmm.
1: and it's- but i feel that definitely obviously in our view looking at it from the outside and i think most people if you just strip it away and you have to strip it away and that's the hardest part that's really the hardest part of these type of issues is that many people can't take that element away from them. We're humans. Well, we're emotional, emotional beings. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I get that. And so, but trust me, he got what he deserved, like being stripped like Funimation saying, well, we're not going to work with Vic anymore. And it's like, he got kicked off one of the shows that he was working on for Simul Dub, and then Rooster Teeth cut ties with him and stuff like that. And that's to be expected. And, he can go to therapy, he can do whatever, but I don't think he's going to be let back and stuff like that and he'll be too old because he's in his 50s now. Think about that. It's like, holy smokes. Well, I mean... And you can't really change your behavior when you're that, you're getting that old, you know what I mean? Like, maybe you can, but... Might be too
0: late for his career. Definitely for his career,
1: but, but it's crazy, like, thinking about and you hear, like, the different stories about his over-exuberance and his stuff, and I which, told you about... The fact that I only have met him and seen him once. And that was at the fan expo as like a one day mini con. And he was like basically the one big guest they had because it was just for anime and stuff like that. And I guess he was supposed to either do win, lose or draw or something with us. And it wasn't mm -hmm. a given or whatever. And so obviously they were having him do signings and I guess a panel and all this other stuff. And they kind of, he said, well, I'm too busy. And we're like, no, that's fine. And so he was having lunch with us while we were waiting to do the other thing is like just sitting on one of those tables, you know what I mean? Where they have in all the convention centers and stuff like that with the microphones, and all that eating his thing. But he was definitely very, um, uh, oh, as you've heard, like very relaxed, very, um, uh, I don't know how, like, it's a very hard description to put forward, but well, you know well, what I mean? Like very, out there and very expressive and those type of things can kind of be explosive. You know what I mean? Especially when dealing with people, because it felt like he had definitely no limits, just like those other people. Like you didn't know the barriers. You know what I mean? I think
0: yes. In some ways. Yes. I I mean, let me preface this. Let's, let's, let me, let's preface this a little bit. Um, everybody who's done this, like the regulars of this show, myself, James, Neil, um, we, like the three main guys, like the, th- are the three main people uh, on our, of the show, since we, oops, <laughs> oops, <laughs> um, so the ahead. three main, the three main um, regular, the three main, uh, main speakers on this show, um, all three of us have some experience, uh, ha- uh, have some organizational experience uh, in Toronto cons in some form. Mm-hmm. where well, uh, kevin does too because he worked in guest rela- he helped uh, out uh, he was a guest liaison also for at uh, for anime north for a couple of years himself mm-hmm. so we've we've done stuff at these conventions whether it be well we've done stuff at the big two so whether it be um at one time or another over the over the last over a 20-year period god we're old but we've done stuff at anime north whether it's uh, doing tracks at uh, like late night tracks or presentations at anime north Mm-hmm. Or game shows at what's now Fan Expo, mm-hmm. which but, was CN Anime. Well, man. which was well, uh, which was uh, of which, um, uh, well, the anime programming at Fan Expo. CN, mm-hmm. this, that that's the CN Anime component, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, we've done so we we've so we've ex- been exposed and we've met like a lot of celebrities, and, and in some cases, celebrities that are a lot more mainstream. Right? We, mm-hmm. I was. I mean, I, 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 was backstage to see James Duhan. What one of James Duhan's last public appearances, which was at Fan Expo, mm-hmm. and this was as as his um, as is. I think he had Alth- was it Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. I don't know what. But they've definitely had a lot of
1: those last time type things. They had with Stan Lee. They had it with some of the Star Trek with, people with, and with stuff Leonard like that. Nimoy, so, yeah, Leonard Nimoy,
0: yep. Leonard Nimoy mm-hmm. James Duhan. List goes on and on. Like, I mean, Fan Expo has had them. I, and I've been, I've sat in and been in the same green rooms as a lot of these people. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that was like seeing James, James Duhan go for his Q and A, but seeing him hobbling, that was quite a moment for me personally mm-hmm. to have seen that. It, so we've seen these things and the best we can offer for, as we talk, continue talking about Vic McNona is a few anecdotes. Vic Mcnona has done anime, and obviously he
1: didn't. Yeah, obviously he's he's done anime, nor he's he's done done the big ones. And obviously, from my antidote, nothing really happened there, and you're just like, it's just another experience, another person, stuff like that. But definitely, you could see, I could see in his behavior how he would definitely cross the line, and how it's very believable what the uh, many different people have said. You know what I mean? So Uh, that's why I'm saying, from that, even though nothing transpired at all.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean. I'll get to my point. We'll I'll illustrate my point from from uh, gleaning from what you just said. How do I put this? How do I put this? I mean, I've only I only observed him once, and that was at Fan Expo at at Fan Expo, and I forgot the exact year now. Mm-hmm. Might have been like 2002, 2003, somewhere thereabouts. Yeah, mine, I think. Maybe. Must have been
1: 2007, 2008. Like it was a long time like ago. It
0: was, uh, it was what turned out, I think, his first appearance at Fan Expo. Mm-hmm. Um, at C- or Maybe CNN. it might
1: have been when he was doing uh, Full Mill Alchemist.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so, and like, I mean, and it may be even further back than that for all mm-hmm. I remember. He was um, one of the, the person who was a scientist and was a volunteer, and it's a mutual friend of all of us. Um, it, like uh, Neil, w- Neil, one uh, it was one of the guys who eventually r- who would uh, rise to prominence in the old um, anime club at York University as well. Uh, no, I won't mention names at this stage. We'll just leave it at that. But um, you know, come to the recordings so well, we can mention names there. But he was, uh, he, I think uh, he was basically the guy who did the running work, the like. Are the guest liaison, I guess he but he hung around Vic most of that weekend, and they got and I know they hit it off. I know they hit it off, but um, and I've yet to talk to him about what he what his opinion might be of this now. I'm not totally sure if this um person even if this friend even is aware of the allegations right now because 'cause he's been so out of the out of the game the last little while mm-hmm. So
1: and that was the thing. Interesting, we talk about conventions and that, and they talk about in the different articles because it wasn't just Anime News Network. Even though they um, yes, they, they the broke it pretty much. Broke um, it. it was like in Polygon. It was in Kotaku. It was like all the major nerd Do you remember media. The name, what
0: was the name but, of the? Um, Of the uh, writer of that, of the expose on ANN, I forgot her name.
1: Oh, I forgot to tell you the honest truth. I I can't remember off the top of my head. We'll probably get back to it when we get back to this topic and we'll mention it. But yeah, you can easily find it. But I can say open secret is definitely one thing we saw common in all the different articles and stuff like that. And I can understand that. But to a point, remember it's not an open secret to everyone because conventions are just so big and stuff like that. Like I know for me and you, we were further away from the VA scene and stuff like that, dealing with guests and all that. We were in our own universe, you know what I mean? Because yeah. we had to get game shows done or we had to get rooms set up and done for all night rooms to uh, get the program set up and all that. Yeah. And so you kind of live in your own bubble and some of the different departments and stuff like that.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, okay, the observation, the only observation I can make of Vic, of uh, Vic McNona, he dressed weird. I thought the, he was a little bit, he, he came across to me as like a little, a little odd.
1: I know, I definitely would say is it's as we said, now I'm thinking the words out there is yes. what I would say when he, I describe what I described. He, it's you just described.
0: that his, the way he mm-hmm. conducted himself, I thought... I wouldn't say it. He sh- like as, as a guest of honor, as an actor, somebody s- in the industry. He shouldn't have acted like this. It's just that I, the impression I have of of how people should in the industry should in any form any industry like this, maybe they should they shouldn't. Uh, it, I I I would expect them to act a little bit different or a little mm-hmm. bit more formal, a little bit more polished. This wasn't the impression I got of Vic. Mm-hmm. That's that's the one thing that's the one thing I can say about that's. One thing I can safely say, Mm -hmm. right? So, but but it wasn't a bad necessarily a bad impression. It was just odd.
1: It wasn't. It's like connecting the dots and stuff like that, especially for people. And the other thing, it's like it takes a few things, and then you're like, "This is just," and then it's like,
0: "Oh, that explains a lot." Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's sort of you know that's where it was with with me. And the, the reaction to this, and you touched on it just briefly, this is getting GamerGate-like. And, and the whole GamerGate history is not, some, is not lost on me, but not totally, like, I, I'm aware of it, but I don't know its details. I don't think I want to know its details, because it gets vicious. It sounds like it's get, it, it, the to and fro the defense of Vic, especially that the defense of Vic.
1: And And you know what the crazy crazy thing is, a lot of those people, and there are some that have come out and even said it about the people in the Discord, obviously, in the Facebook group that have come out and then finally changed their mind, is he has a very young fan base. And you're like, holy smokes, this is like, I know anime and manga and all that. It's like, we've gotten older and stuff like that. It always has had a younger fan base and stuff like that in the late teens and the 20s and stuff like that. But it's crazy how young... And that's our you know I
0: mean and and it feels like that's where it gets starts to get disturbing. Yeah, I know.
1: And that's also where it's like you see that in the gamer game, all these other things where there are no filter; they just go right at you and stuff like that. It's like facts and reality don't matter. It's it's a very
0: exactly, exactly.
1: It's like I and and it, it obviously it has come full circle in the world we live in today especially in the states it's become not just in that arena but in everywhere and that is definitely concerning it is because you need to have that filter you need to know where your information is coming from Mm -hmm. when i read anything on the internet i'm like who is the voice behind this but you're talking about youth too right Mm -hmm.
0: i mean here we are sitting here watching overwatch league and by the way i think uh, we're yeah, they're watching on break. We're <laughs> on break. We're watching the Toronto Defiant. We're at the same time watching tr- the Toronto Defiant face the New York Excelsior. And I think, as expected, if you're a fan of this, um, New York was the w- was the top team in the uh, regular season last year, and uh, they're living up to billing right now. I think they're up on Toronto two sets to nil or two maps to nil. Mm. So um, this this is. This is going to, we're, we're watching Inevitability. Uh, the the Defiant will go, we'll drop the two and two probably before we're done this recording, which by the way is now at 45 minutes. we of <laughs> time, I think. I think we're going over an hour. Well,
1: we did say we we made the bet of it's either going to be an hour or, or an hour, hour, and hour and a half. half. I and I we're, think we're going for an hour and a half we're, now. We're,
0: we're getting there. So, I mean, on the topic of over, since I brought up Overwatch League and talking about filters, I mean, we had a, a prominent French uh, uh one of the to- uh, top Canadian players got released by um Dallas early on last season because of his personal conduct on his stream and homophobic slurs mm-hmm. we had uh, a player and then we had two player two star players for both Shanghai a star player for the Shanghai Dragons and a star player for the Boston Uprising they both got released for well um the yeah, like I think this sexual misconduct, against, but this is minors. this
1: is this is good that the corporate people are actually doing something and stuff like that, because that was happening before. And there was no consequences from, say, YouTube or Twitch. Like now they're starting to actually live by their codes of conduct, which we, they need to do. They need to tell people this is not OK. And just because we're not in the same room or whatever, because you're on a screen and stuff like that, it's not OK. And that leads to the issues in
0: social media. There is no codes of conduct, and so the and leads people to come right at you. Mm -hmm. And trust me, I I I, and you know I felt it in some form, in various forms over the years. I mean, uh, when we got into that tit for tat with that guy uh, with that guy uh, more than a decade ago, Mm -hmm. who said we have no credibility as a podcast. Which, by the way.
1: I think, ironically, since we're talking about the podcast camp, I think we now have more credibility now than we ever did, if you think about it ironically. <laughs> well, yeah, because uh, you just all you need to Because do... we have our rawness and stuff like that, and we do admit our mistakes. We Maybe we overdid it talking about our mistakes on that one, but still, we talked back and stuff like that, which is what you need to do. Have that discussion. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not like we ran and hid, and that's you want to have that discussion if you can have that discussion, but it's very difficult, especially in today's world because people don't want to have that discussion, and that's very
0: disturbing to think about. It's the double-edged sword of the uh, sometime uh, the Mm -hmm. sometimes anonymity of the internet. We've learned that you can strip away anonymity if you really want to.
1: No, of course,
0: Uh, but but that was its beauty. Sometimes you Mm -hmm. could you could say something and stand. uh, You could say something speak your mind eh, but you wouldn't you'd have some degree of anonymity to say that but then people have gone maybe it was too interesting far with
1: because it. i was thinking i was reading some comments they were on i think they might have been on twitter and they were talking about um oh mcdonald uh, the head of tempest from anime news network and some of them were talking about the fact that these people like they're just not making good faith arguments and stuff like that. They're going to the forums and stuff like that. And they're like, well, how do we moderate? It's like, you have to be smart and stuff like that. And some people, and obviously a lot of news organizations, how they've combated that is they've just closed down the comments. They've just per, closed per it s- down. You know what I mean? And, and they're like, okay, do we do that?
0: Do we have to really go to that far end to do that? Hurts. You know what I mean? I will tell you mm-hmm. when you read comments uh, on stories, sometimes there's some of the most disheartening things. Mm-hmm, like- It's just like, forget the stories themselves if they're bad news stories. Like if it's about bad news. Mm -hmm. The comments sometimes just, that's what really ruins your day. Mm -hmm. I can say that. Like it's so disheartening. I have, like, like I come away reading some of the, um, some of those comments and wondering about mankind and humanity. Mm -hmm. And I'm not told, I can't, and maybe that sounds a little much. Oh, I just, it, but, it, but when I think about some of the stuff I read. It, and, it, it, and,
1: it, and it gets to you in your mind because you're thinking, did they just drive by POSIS or did they actually spend time out of their day to just make this awful comment? Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. did they put that energy and all that? And you're like, what are you thinking? What is going on in yeah, your mind? I mean,
0: well, I tend to think of some of these people have way too much time on their hands to come up with something, something so vicious.
1: Especially when they're the longer ones, and I just love,
0: mm. how, I just love, um, I just love how um, like when Jay and Dan, uh, Jay Onright, Dan O'Toole, when they did their first, um, when they were on uh, on Fox back then, back then, and they did their first email segment,
1: yeah, for Fox Sports and stuff, yeah, like that. and they mm-hmm.
0: started reading some of the hateful email, and some of them, and they went, how much we sucked, how much they sucked, and stuff, mm-hmm. and one, I, I love one of them, one, one of their replies, they said, yeah, we have a we have a nationally, we have a national, uh, we have a nationally um, broadcasted news show, and you're living in your parents' basement. <laughs> and I thought that was a great response. Mm. But the, but something tells me we're in an era you can't like, you can't ignore it. Like mm-hmm. people say, "Well, you just grin and bear it and ignore it." No, you can't anymore. We're mm. not in that era. Mm-hmm. But you have to still. Yourself, it kind of it
1: kind of goes back to what we were just talking about and stuff like that and some of them they said okay i just got a grin and bear and stuff like that because i need to get the next show and stuff like that and now they're thinking back and it's like anything they're saying man i should have really spoken up and stuff
0: like that yes but you would have lost a job mm-hmm. and and unfortunately and, and in that whistleblow- part, a period of
1: time it's like and it was interesting the discussion they had funimation before they got ties they said they had an investigation whatever an investigation means you know what i mean right but there was interesting discussions, I guess, about their Dragon Ball movie, the one that he was in this, he was Broly and stuff like that, that they were debating not casting him and stuff like that, because they had heard the whispers and stuff like that. And that was like over a year ago. And we were in that time of people speaking out about, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Again, really as the That type of behavior. And they're like, crystallized. okay, maybe we should really think about what we're doing. And then people above them said, no, we're just going to go with it. Well, and now it's, it's kind of like okay. Now we're gonna think about.
0: It's like anything, though. It's like a lot of things. I mean, meet like mm-hmm. respecting me. Respecting the the Me Too era, it has become good business.
1: That's kind of a disturbing thing. That it's, common
0: decency to
1: get common decency. It's a big. You know what I mean? It's, That's it's, kind it's of a sad thing to say. That sad. common decency. Yeah, it, it, I can like,
0: I can I see why you. Like, I thought I we respect- were
1: always of the f- feeling, like that. You should be treated like I would want to be treated, yes. and so on and so forth. Yes. We're not gonna be
0: perfect. But now I it's... admit
1: that we're not gonna be perfect, but I figure we could at least talk it through and stuff like that. But it feels like some people it's... have lived by a different moral code that's just disturbing yes. and concerning it's... and is just unfiltered. And I don't know. It's it's
0: and I I guess this is we're we're letting ourselves mm-hmm. get into a discussion that's way bigger than maybe we want it to get right now. It, it it's just it's just a money thing to me. hmm Right? I mean people didn't speak up because they needed it market. didn't hit their bottom line their and bottom we've always line. heard and we've always heard about, about that where lines. it's like until it affects their bottom line and
1: that's why we've always said it's like okay then now you it, just like put up or shut up don't buy the it, product and we've heard about yeah. that and is it they good, said does that work mm-hmm. um a thing just it's, saying you won't boycott right. their product and they've always said oh boycotts don't work but it does work in certain cases, depending on how you put it forward. Well, you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, are especially about, if they're trying to nip it in the bud beforehand. Maybe I, it wouldn't work. Associating
0: with R. Kelly is not mm-hmm. good business anymore. Just ask John Legend. Associating mm-hmm. with Kevin Spacey is not good business anymore. So he got written out of out, uh, off of Netflix, and the focus is on, uh, on um, Robin Wright's character mm-hmm. for the final season of House of Cards. Mm-hmm. It, so... It, it's so, so for the anime industry now, it isn't, whether it's the conventions or the actual production, production, like polished productions, is it good business to associate with Vic Mcnona? Not anymore. Mm-hmm. That's why he's getting banned. As much and the, as cra- and
1: the crazy thing is, he's not going to be like those other ones we mentioned that have all their money. It's like, he's going to have a harder fall, that's for sure. But you live your own, uh, dug your own grave, so to speak.
0: Yeah, that's a big part of it. And... Where do we go? I mean, okay. Well, people want to question the credibility of the people who made people who made the accusations. Let me um But me- it's
1: been consistent. Everything we have seen has been consistent. Well, and it kind of as our personal antidotes, even though we were somewhat more far removed, and even though we might yes. have seen him for what, a few minutes at most, it still kind of connects with us because it's like, oh, that explains a lot, because you definitely felt out there and that would kind of put the
0: puzzle pieces together. You know what I mean? Yes. I mean the um how do I put this? Okay, the article uh, the art of, the expose on anime news network was written by Lindsay Loveridge. Ah uh, yes, yeah. And um the P and I know some of the uh, I know that some of the files some that she was helped by um Bamboo Dong, mm-hmm. the the uh the legendary, the pretty legendary um staff writer. Like she's been in this for years. Um, much of this, much of the words have been backed up by other people. I've read posts by. Um, obviously, we we touched on Monica Rial, mm-hmm. Rial's reaction. Um, we touched like another other names I've met. Um, Dave Merrill, the mm-hmm. host of uh, Anime Hell at an, uh, the 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 popular anime critic, the host of Anime Hell here at Anime North, mm-hmm. and the creator of Anime Hell. He's spoken and it isn't. And he has
1: run uh, Anime Week in Atlanta and stuff like yeah, that, helping and, get that off the ground. Yeah, and stuff and like he's that. never,
0: mm-hmm. like, he didn't hold back in his feelings mm-hmm. about the guy. He cited uh, some words by one of the guests of honor last year, uh, at last year's Anime North, whose name I forgot because I've, but I've had conversation. I had a nice conversation with her mm-hmm. on the Thursday night, and I'm so sorry. Um, I forgot her name at this state right now, but I'll look at, but we'll put it up. And I had a nice conversation with her and she, Mer- Dave Merrill put up a rant about uh, that she said in light of the whole thing. And mm-hmm. it was not flattering towards him. Mm-hmm. Most of them weren't. These are people who I have, who I have spoken with much longer, like at le- uh, a little bit more extensively than I did Mac- Vic-, Vic McNona. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of respect for these guys.
1: And the other thing is, as you said, look at the behavior. Like, he's been the oddest one, I'd say, of the bunch of people we have interacted with for guests and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Most of them have been decent folks and stuff like that. And it's like you chat with them and then away you'd go and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And they wouldn't be, I I don't know, it's like, as you say, more open and aggressively out there. You know what I mean? Yes.
0: Yes. So... This is, I mean, I can't wait to see whether the next, like, I, I don't I know. Think, how much, I think what, it what, what has, what I think, I don't think out. there's any
1: much more they can report because I think they've pretty much run the course and stuff like that. Yeah, that you,
0: cycle's done, you think?
1: I think the cycle is done. Hopefully, people can learn something from that and we'll see how it goes from there. That's the question mark of. It's just, as I said, it's more of the thing of hopefully, I don't know, the only thing that's concerning as you said and as i said is just that big clash between all these people who defend are st- defending him and they're just i don't know bad faith arguments and i i don't know it's like at some point it's like you, we can't really do anything to change their mind yeah. even if we say all we've said and the facts and all that we're not going to change their mind and i and i guess the only thing we can really do is just to leave them be you know what i mean and that's yeah. all we can do, which is a sad fact, but
0: Yeah, it is. I'm the thing is, as I said, uh, maybe we like as I said, we've met him, we've talked with we've talked with Vic.
1: I'm guessing as we said when we I'll like, we'll say we, it again, it's like we say meet and it's like very it's like it's we would be like meets. next to nothing. He would never remember us yeah. for a second. Because well, we're guys, we only 15 minutes. For starters. 15 minutes at most.
0: Yeah. But but the other side <laughs> yeah. is none of us are like yeah, no, of course. We guys but. too, right? Yeah. We wouldn't be in the crosshairs. Yeah, but he and was that, still, I, I know but that his, be- but, so his wrong to say, but.
1: but his behavior was still in my mind, even regardless. You know what Just I mean? It's odd, if nothing mm-hmm. else, right? Yeah, very out there. It's yeah. Like-
0: well, and I know people may slam, uh, and, and I'm going to try and get on, let me get out on the head of this because I know I talked in my first, um, on one of my early on my minds, like about a year, like in June. Uh, last June about, you know, talking about my experiences with Paul Serencino, the um, one of the uh, top, ad- now I think one of the advisors of the premier of the, of uh, of Doug Ford and some of the stuff he had gotten into, but my own interactions with him at work, right? He had been um, caught up in prostitution and, and drugs back in Florida. But that's, that's not with underage people. I mean, yeah, okay, it's not, it's not, it, that's some morally rep- reprehensible stuff. But that's that's something, that's not to this level. This is something, this stuff against Vic is a lot more interesting. A lot more.
1: I was going to say serious would serious. be, uh...
0: <laughs> a lot more, yeah, serious is probably the word. Right? Right? So, I mean,. What do I? I mean, what do I say? What what else can you really say? I mean, maybe that's an apples and oranges comparison, because mm-hmm. you know, because I know that I'll, I came across as somewhat apologetic about Paul Serencino. I wasn't. I wasn't trying to be. And, you know, and I and if and I think if if these were if those things were true about him. He should be held responsible, and I think he already has. Mm-hmm. And if, and these allegations against Vic Mignona, are true, and I have no re- and like I said, I take the word of all those all that reporting and all, everything that's come out since. He has to be held responsible too. Mm-hmm. And I think he's and I think that's already started. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, lighten it up a little. Yeah, I think we we'll were, line we're it up the, after we come back from break. No, we're not doing break. You know, oh, you digest. know We're just we gonna roll we're gonna we just, roll with it. And... We just roll. We it's just <laughs> one single recording. That's one how we single do a, that's how we do digest. We just don't take breaks. Don't take breaks. Well, I what, can't what, play what?
1: I'm gonna have to report you to like labor standards or uh, something like that. You're well, you're just making with? you're just making me am work. Am
0: I treating you to am I treating you to the coffee then? Well after after the taping. Oh man! So, well, what's the score in the uh, game? There, yeah, it is two 2-0 in the um, in the uh, Defiant Excelsior game. So, uh, and uh, they're on map three. Okay, all right. So, um, we've that's plan- We've talked at length for about half an hour now about that. And um, I guess one more thought. I will go. I want to talk one more thing, and this is a little lighter, mm-hmm. and maybe to start to answer something else that was brought up in the last episode. If you are able to remember it after having your caramel <laughs> uh neil asked me a little bit about um the popularity like the popularity of marie Kondo, right yeah. and sitting on on the chair on my on the chairs just over um to our left or to my left your right mm-hmm. is a car co- like i i had the uh two books the original two books that she had and then you um, said that manga's and well, then is... and now there's and I I don't know if or Neil comic I the, don't know <laughs> the, whatever you want to call it <laughs> mm-hmm. the, let's say manga anyway I now have a copy of the manga sitting there and I don't know if Neil knows about the manga um, and I tried to and he tried to he tried to put me on the spot over what makes her why is she so popular why is she so popular and I can't say I totally know but I'm starting to try to understand a little bit. And, and and truth be told, my mo- my mom, I'm told, has seen a few episodes of her show, of her Netflix show, mm-hmm. and she loved it, loves it apparently. And um, I and I, I did want to put up a theory as a, a, a thought. I've. And even for as long as I've had these, the books, I've had the books for a couple of years. I haven't, they, they've they literally gathered dust, which is probably not a good thing to admit about a Marie Kondo book.
1: So you're saying you should have thrown them out to give yourself more joy or something like no, that. No, <laughs> I should have just
0: read the, read the knowledge. And I, as I said, I've looked through it, just learned how to fold my clothes. <laughs> but I, I, I want to give myself some time to read them a little more. Mm-hmm. I did watch a little bit, like about, oh, the first 20 minutes of, the first episode of her Netflix show, and I do have some vague memory of her show, two specials she did on NHK, and I and I liken a little bit of her popularity to an iPhone, I suppose. Right, the idea is that much like the technologies in, an, in most Apple products, the ideas that Marie Kondo have brought out has brought out. Um, about about cleaning, her her like a lot of the basic philosophies. Those have been around for for years. Yeah, no, we talked about it. It's crazy that well, we talk- we've
1: seen it. We've seen it, and this is obviously off uh, podcast, but. We've talked about that, saying other people have done, it and they haven't been as crucified as her. Yes, and it's kind of crazy and stuff like that. And the but, talk of
0: and this is where I this is where I start to draw my parallel to Apple products, right? Mm-hmm. With Apple products, the technologies that they bring into their phones aren't necessarily new; they've been around a little bit. But what they do with it is they're able to optimize it into a package that looks that that works for for a lot of people. An attractive-looking package, a cute little package that works for a lot of people. And I I hesitate to use those words because, in many respects, that's sort of kind of how Marie Kondo kind of works. She takes concepts that have been around for years, but she puts it in a form that looks... that's Mm user-friendly. Puts it in a form that... uh, that puts it in terms that people who aren't into those type of things would respect and find find charming and mm-hmm. would like right so i think that's part of the appeal of marie kondo the way the way she presents ideas that have already been that have been out there for years mm-hmm. i think that uh, that's that's just looking at it just from the first couple minutes i watched this show and um now now i'll talk now i'll talk about now i i joked over that the um nhk specials were in many ways a backdoor to pilot for what for her Netflix shows some ways yes some ways no they are very different shows remember we talked about you know we mentioned earlier how things are presented or perceived in Japan how they would be perceived and presented differently in say North America and and um the NHK specials, while they were geared towards international audiences, they were still very Japanese shows.
1: Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's like they are a public broadcaster, so it's like, yeah, they're gonna present it to us, but from a Japanese sensibility. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? The mm-hmm. Netflix
0: specials are very Western in their sensibility. Marie Kondo, from all from what I understand, is now now lives in L.A. with her family, mm-hmm. so she's based in L.A. these days, and then the presentation, the whole of the netflix show is very north american it holds a lot of aspects that i would that i've become familiar with in watching the odd um reality show on north america on hgtv or something Mm -hmm. and my sister has that on a lot so I, i i so i know something there it's so so it has a little so you have that you have that those type of production values so they they make it seem a little bit more sappy than it already is, a little bit more cheesy than maybe these things already could be. Mm-hmm. So, And they focus on things that maybe would look interesting to those to Western viewers of reality shows. I, 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 one thing they didn't focus on in the NHK specials, like they were very, like the NHK, I always look at their programming as somewhat a matter of fact, right? Very pragmatic, very matter of fact. -hmm. But they kind of focus. But I think the part that kind of caught my attention in the first Netflix in the first twenty minutes of the Netflix show I watched was they added that spiritual element. It must be noted that um, that I'm I'm sure many Marie Kondo fans know that she was once a shrine maiden and that she's very into and that she a lot there's a lot of of Shinto elements in her stuff because of that Mm -hmm. because of her time as a working at a Shinto shrine. So that part kind of comes out quite a bit when she, uh, when she um, gives a prayer of thank you or a, a prayer of thank you to a house before she turns it upside down, right? <laughs> yeah. In many respects, um, like you kind of see that. I, it's almost like, um, oh, Bell, remember the, I, I don't know if you remember the um, Oh My Goddess OAV back then, back in the day. Like -hmm. like she gives when she uh, when um, when Beldandy moves into the temple for the first time, she gives a she gives she regards the temple in a prayer of sorts Mm -hmm. and says, you must have been a wonderful place before. And let's bring you back to that splendor. In many respects, mm-hmm. there's a moment like that in that first episode of the Netflix show. Marie Kondo has, that mo- has a moment that's sort of like that. If you and, and anybody who's seen the show will know exactly what I mean. And that's what I saw. So, uh, so the production values what they decide to show, what the editing decides to show in the Netflix show. I made this joke. Is this Fuji? Is this Fuji? Um, Fuji? Uh, producing this show i don't think it is i think uh, this is somebody else this is another production company
1: okay well it could be a co-pro maybe possibly uh, too you know because fuji has co pro with some north american and american stuff like i think of iron chef is another one they've pro'ed with Mm -hmm. and they still had a thing in the american version i believe
0: yes and Mm -hmm. and 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 i think in the canadian version too wait there's a canadian
1: version god damn You learn something you sang every day, right? Yes. It remind <laughs> me
0: to show you a video later on. But that's my thought on uh, that's mm-hmm. my thought on Marie Kondo. So um, that's my ba- that's my base thought. And I, I and maybe as I watch a couple more episodes, and maybe read the book or at least the manga. <laughs> you know, I will um, make that. I will, you know, say that. Uh, maybe we'll I'll, I'll uh, expand on my thoughts concerning that a little bit more. Because mm-hmm. you know, you look around uh, like uh, around when you look around my place, it it probably needs a Con Marie treatment sooner or later. <laughs> so,
1: I trust me, I Mike. It may look not the greatest, but trust me, you could be worse off. I'm sure there are people with worse uh messes, as they say. Yeah. So I think the, you, I think you have de- like there's method in your
0: madness. Let's put it that way. Perhaps. Okay, so but that's uh, but there's my thought on uh, mm-hmm. on Marie Kondo. Do you wanna add us uh, something or is there uh, not, kind not of... too much
1: because I haven't really gone down the rabbit hole and stuff like that. I've just seen the You're stuff in spec- the lo- main thing. And... You respect my logic though? Yeah, no, Any I think the of... logic makes a lot of sense and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, as
0: I said, it just yeah. I liken Marie Kondo to an iPhone in that <laughs> sense.
1: <laughs> but no, that makes and very much I... that is the simplistic view, which I think makes sense in explaining it.
0: Yeah, uh, that, uh,
1: we have had things like that before. It's just if you put it in the right way, it's almost like as you talked about with Overwatch League. Like we've talked about that last year and stuff like that, and how they've put the package together for esports, unlike others, which is more palatable to the viewer. You know what I
0: mean? Yeah, yeah North actually, American you know, stuff no, like that it up. Yeah, now it are, that, because it has a good that sports
1: we, feel, that ESPN feel, I guess for the which, states. And,
0: and ESPN's picked up Overwatch League too. Mm-hmm. It's on uh, the, the late the last two games tonight will be on Disney XD and I think uh, ESPN will ESPN will have coverage of the uh, playoffs mm-hmm. later uh, later in the year. Yep, All part of the Disney family, right? Right. <laughs> All in the family. Yeah. Uh, Fox will come in later this year. One other thing, um, as I said, uh, the other thing that uh, people have also talked about concerning the Emery Kondo show is her translator because she's now more prominent. In this in this in the Netflix production, she's become a star in, in and of herself. Her, her name is Marie Ida, mm-hmm. and you'll see her prominently. And she's featured in the um, Stephen Colbert. Uh, she was on. Oh, yeah, Conno Stephen was, Colbert. Yeah, I saw she that. was there. So, mm-hmm. um, so uh, I don't think she wasn't mentioned much in the. Um, she wasn't. She wasn't seen at all in the uh, NHK special. I don't even know if she was employed at the time, mm-hmm. but she is very prominent in the Netflix show. And she's, as I said, she's become a star in her own right. So I think she's, you know, just like a translator would. They mean kind of like. Which is kind of, I guess. They are the bridge of sorts.
1: They are right? the bridge. But it's interesting when you think about that. I think of all the E3 translators and stuff like that. And they're just there with their notebook. But she definitely has a lot more. Well, easy, uh, you know what I mean? Sass or spice. I don't know what you would Marie call it. You, I mean?
0: you, you constantly see her with mm-hmm. a notebook as well. right? But you know what
1: I mean? Like there's way more going on than yeah. the normal mm-hmm. But uh, she's, mm-hmm. she's become popular. They're not, she's not other. sitting back and just doing whatever. She's like engaged and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, that's one mm-hmm. way to
0: put it. Okay, so, but um, as I said, uh, just like maybe the Vic McNona story, and mm-hmm. we'll talk about that. And one thing, Bamboo Bamboo Dong, and I just want to c- come back to this for one second. Mm-hmm. Bamboo Dong kind of hinted that this article was coming out we uh, some week or so before it did. Mm-hmm. So... Um, and she knows what she's talking about. That's the thing. She's been around herself. Okay. has some back to the happy stuff. Um, <laughs> happy stuff.
1: I guess it all depends on your definition of happy, huh? Well, we're we're, uh, well,
0: we're, we're going to Tim Hortons and Wendy's after this, right? So can't believe. It. Well, okay. So a couple more minutes to go. Um, well, what's on your oh, on the topic of streaming and stuff? Uh, I know we'll talk a little bit more about about Blu-rays another time.
1: Yeah, no, I know we were talking about stuff we've been watching and stuff like that. And Crunchyroll, what's
0: on your list these days? What's okay. on your stream?
1: Oh, what's on my stream? There's quite a few I'm watching from the new season, stuff like that. Like, at the moment, I'm watching kaguya It's like, I know a lot of people are watching that. They probably definitely won't be able to, like, catch up to the manga. That's one of those ones. Even, like, Domestic Girlfriends and everyone It's like, such a long manga. So it's like, they're like, oh, we're only doing 12 episodes. So it's kind of nice to watch while it's there, but... It's going to be uh, interesting to see where they land. The one, though, I am intrigued by, which is one I recommend everyone to watch, is My Roommate is a Cat. And that one's an interesting one where it's like this writer and he's very alone and very isolated and stuff like that. And then he finds this stray cat, I guess. And then this cat brings out... um,
0: I got to write Sorry. down your titles later. That's why.
1: Sorry. Um, The cat brings out, I guess, his humanity or brings him back to socializing with other people and stuff like that and brings out his writing and stuff like that. And so you have the first part of the episode is basically with the humans, with him and the friends and the people he interacts with and the cat's still there. And then the next part is seeing it through the cat's lens and the cat is speaking internally. You know what I mean? Kind of like Garfield. Yeah, in a way. But obviously like they Artfield. can't understand it, but it's... It's a very interesting slice of life show. And I know a lot of people have really enjoyed it who have cats and stuff like that. It's a tuxedo cat and stuff like that. But it's been a fun show, I think, and a fun surprise to watch. Like there are other ones like The Promised Neverland is another one, which is kind of funny because that's an Noitomina show and Amazon had exclusive rights. But because I guess Aniplex is the main uh, thing behind it, it's on all the streaming services. But that one's a very interesting one because it's a Shonen Jump one, which is interesting because it's a more I don't want to say mature but it's a more darker thing than we're used to with I think the Shonen Jump titles and stuff like that it's very Jonathan Swift-esque where it's basically there's a name yeah basically what the premise is is that it's all these kids in an orphanage and then they find out because they go to see the one orphan supposedly is being sent somewhere and two of them go out and then find out the truth That when they're being sent off, they're actually being sent off to these otherworldly creatures, which are basically eating them and stuff like that. So they're being farmed to be sent off to be eaten. You know what I mean? That's one way to say it. So so that's that's not exactly the normal Shonen Jump uh, way, right? As you would say. So it's an interesting thing. And it's like kind of a thriller from episode to episode. And now they're trying to basically escape.
0: I got to see your list later. Just... Just so, because I, I can see you're reading that awful list.
1: Yeah, no, there is like other, it's, like other ones are simple ones like Boogie Pop is the other one. And that one we've seen before. I think it's like 18 episodes. So it's actually going to do all the novels that have come out. Like I think the one Right Stuff did like way back like in 2000, that was during like the wave, of course, as we know, where everything was out there. Remember when anime mm-hmm. was becoming popular, they only did some of them. But it's like, I, I got to go back and watch the old one because now I, it's like, I'm not sure my memories of the old one, you know, I mean, comparing to it because Mara, that was in traditional animation compared to what they're doing now. We're
0: old. It's but, been that long.
1: But the crazy thing about that one, it's too, been. is they, they did the other thing where it's not an episode a week. Sometimes like that two episodes in week one, then last week, instead of finishing up the second arc. They just put out the third arc and just said, "Oh, here's four episodes on top of the other episodes," so they had five episodes up that, as like I somehow got through. <laughs> but
0: I have to write down your uh, cue later. And
1: then. the last one I had was the magnificent uh, Kotobuki, which it's it's not something I would buy, but it's interesting watching it because it more has to do with this world. They don't have any water and stuff like that. It's basically set in a desert, and basically to get between the cities. They're using planes and these blimps and stuff like that to get there. And they have to worry about pirates that are in airships and stuff like that. And so a lot of it is focused on like the airplanes and that. And the interesting part other than the characters is the planes themselves, because they have these shots where it's like this first person perspective. You're it's like you're in the plane and you're seeing them do these ridiculous maneuvers or they're shooting at something like that. And it's like, oh, this is. Kind of different, you know what I mean? Like it makes you brings you into the show show more, and you don't see that as much with certain shows and stuff like that. Like I don't know why it just brought me into the show more.
0: Interesting. See my see my streaming my Crunchyroll stream is only still right now still just one show and it's still Toradora, and I just got past episode I think it was fifteen, was it? I should look at my. Uh...
1: I guess that's the thing because remember you're still watching many episodes right mike yeah I, so it's
0: like for me it's kind of like yeah oh, a, it's almost I, like watching I, I seven, episode 17 i, I, I i'm I so would, not capable of i would um, binge like watches myself i
1: would like in it mine it's not binge watching for me it's more like okay what am i watching today if i have time to watch something just like if i was watching tv and stuff like that you know what i mean mm-hmm That's what I kind of uh, liken it to. So it's not like I'm watching a lot and stuff like that, but I'm not watching, like, it sounds like I'm watching a lot, but there's a lot of anime, as they said, too much anime that they produce now. And not all of them are something we would watch. I know. Even though it sounds like I'm watching a lot, I'm probably not scratching the surface. Like, it's ridiculous. And I'm not
0: even close, obviously.
1: Like, there was one I wanted to watch on Amazon, which is straight Amazon exclusive, was the. Oh, the thingy do Dodo, um, the one from uh, Tezuka. It was his classic one with the swordsman and stuff like that. And it's like,
0: uh, unfortunately, it's uh, yes, I do know, I do know what you're it's like. Um, dodo is like, you know, I mean, yes, I think I know what you're talking about. Uh, because, but uh, remember, because they, just-
1: they did that one way back in the day, and it was a black and white one. And that one, I'd be intrigued to go back and if I find a legal source to watch it, because. I'm intrigued to see how it would translate to now and stuff like that, because they haven't done that one since that black and white um, anime. Like, they have done Astro Boy, they have done uh, Blackjack and stuff like that. So it's, like, interesting that they're bringing some of his other works and stuff like that, which would be nice. Because he had, Tezuka, as you remember, had many genres that he looked at. From Shoujo to Seinen to Shonen. It, like he touched them all. He touched all the bases. And
0: a lot of the animes are just on the main stuff. Dororo. Yep, correct. That's it. Because um I've been told about this show and they they've recently
1: And I think it was Mappa that was working on it. But yes. that would be an intriguing one to keep an eye on if we can ever find a legal source.
0: Well, I, I it's on it's I think it's a. Uh, it's on Amazon.
1: Yeah, but as you know, it's like, do you really want to play? Like, I look at the prime price and stuff like that. It's like, what am I really getting out of it for us here in Canada? You it have just to doesn't be... feel. It doesn't feel like there's enough value. That's you know what I mean. And that's the sad part. but It's, it's like that's right. It's a, and we even with about the that. shipping and all this other stuff, it
0: just doesn't feel like the value's there. Mm-hmm.
1: And especially for one show, right?
0: <laughs> right. It's got to be more than that. um As I said, my 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 watch is tr- is still Torador on the anime side, and. I was told it gets a little bit more like it, it, it matures quite a bit. It, it matures quite a bit as the show goes on because it looks like your usual slice of life mm-hmm. comedy, but it gets really serious at some point. I was warned by that warned by Kevin on that one. Mm-hmm. And and I'm starting to see it. It's starting to get to that point. I'll leave it at it. I won't say too much else, especially if you haven't seen it, but, I, but I'm liking it a little bit more and it has me interested in the, in the, um, light novels somewhere along the line Mm -hmm. which i should mention and like toronto public library or public libraries you might be hard pressed to find them in the manga i can see i know is in public libraries now but uh so that would lead me to purchase um and Seven Seas, the prices aren't that bad compared to the other publishers and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, here's the thing about that. It's like, I sold my Kindle, by the way, a little earlier, a few months ago. Actually,
1: thinking about that, the other thing, I'm not sure on that one, if they're doing Oh, So they you, do. don't, you won't be able to do it digitally, now that I think about it for the Kindle? For, because you can get them digitally, a lot of these novels and that. It, and it the is thing,
0: available. Um, and Toradora is and available. And Toradora,
1: the interesting thing, I'm not sure if they're doing it for that one, but Some of their light novels, they're launching in the spring. Like, for example, Restaurant to Another World, which is one I'm definitely going to get. They're doing this thing where two months before, they're doing the digital version, and then the physical version is two months later, which is kind of an interesting thing.
0: Yeah, but sometimes it always, once again, it comes down to money. And for me with Toradora, the price between the Kindle version...
1: I definitely, yeah, you would definitely the, go with the digital for the well, books compared to them. more
0: often than not, yes. But the Kindle version and the regular and a, and a copy of the real of a mm-hmm. physical version, there isn't much of a difference. I think it's a, it's less than a dollar, really. And it's like so because that, some of them I know it, are lesser,
1: but I guess it all depends. Yeah, let me um, le, well, yeah,
0: anyway, you could always wait for a sale, as they always say, right? Well, yes. Let me uh, check the current price of the of the graphic novels. Um, like novel number one, paperback. Paperback. The paperback of the Toradora of Volume One of Toradora is priced at thirteen ninety nine on Amazon ca, and the Kindle edition is thirteen thirteen. Interesting. I don't know. That's interesting that
1: they're at that price for I forget who Seven Seas goes through. Like if I know it's Macmillan and stuff like that, but for the digital side, you know what I mean. Because some of the other ones definitely are cheaper to buy, like the Viz stuff and the Yen Press stuff. I know it's cheaper than the physical versions, yeah, and even Dark Horse. In contrast, uh, mm-hmm. another
0: in contrast, Toradora manga volume one paperback, fourteen eighty four Canadian Kindle edition, eleven
1: ninety nine. Okay, so it's a little cheaper there, though. Yeah,
0: yeah At least, in, at least we're talking more than a dollar. Mm-hmm. But um, as I said, I, maybe I'll finish this up. I don't know if it tells if if the. It tells the whole story if the if the whole story is told in the twi- in the No, anime. unfortunately it is not. So, so then, you
1: have to actually go to the novels. Oh, I have no issue with that. You know that. So yeah, you have to unfortunately go to the novels. It's one of those things where they just had to finish up somewhere. It was a nice spot where they finished up and how they decide to finish up. That's the thing as I said with those two shows I was talking about I was watching is yeah. that they have such a long amount of manga but The two shows are only for 12 episodes, so they had to find somewhere to stop, which will be interesting. So it's almost like berserk, as I say. It's like the
0: anime is uh, oh, it's yes. basically
1: an advertisement for the manga or well, we the light novel. About,
0: we talked about that earlier at the beginning of the show. So, <laughs> anyway, I gotta I, 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 let me pick your brain on that a little bit later when we're uh, uh when we're talking off air, off air okay. Yeah, no,
1: it's like it was interesting even being able to watch some of the shows recently because I was telling you about the fact I've been using uh, the Xbox app and they finally redid that. And that looks like that's going to be the future of Crunchyroll for some of their tabletop apps from consoles and stuff like that. And they're starting to get better. It was some growing pains, as I told you. It's like I couldn't
0: even use my Crunchyroll app but it's just weird because of like sometimes content allowed on depending on which version you use now that one
1: they had all the content stuff like that but there were weird things as i told you this one for the xbox one app that they have it definitely is a different layout it's a darker feel it looks like netflix like it looks like they went for a more higher end thing the thing though is they had weird things as i told you that just felt off that were in the other one but not in the Like, remember how we said, um, the drama, the live action stuff, it's nowhere to be seen in the new app in Xbox one, none of the live action. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, does that mean at some point it's not going to be there? Is it, as we said, some things just don't transition over, but all the live action not being there, that's weird. Mm -hmm. And then other things it's like, they were nitpicks as I told you, like, how example I used to be able to rewind and fast forward just normally on the old app. And this one's like 10 seconds back and forth, which seems odd, but that's a a normal thing for a lot of other apps as we've talked about. And then the other thing is there's no history like in the other, all the other apps for Crunchyroll, you would say, okay, I've recently watched this, that, and the other thing, there's no history. It's like, all you do is Yeah, I know
0: you said you, you did say to me that it's and like so, if you're gonna if you're gonna navigate a queue your your queue you're better off going into the PC.
1: Mm-hmm. And then th- you still have the thing where you can go in and I'll say this is the next episode, so it kind of has something, but this week they had another update and hopefully it fixed it, where at one point it broke my thing where it wasn't saying that I had watched an episode. And even when I went to the PC Side, it basically said I hadn't watched that episode, even though I had on the Xbox One app. It was so kind
0: there's of no fun. there's no uh what is it? There's no, no they said they did
1: another update, so updating, hopefully it fixed it. Cl- they've they've had like of. they've had like two or three updates. And the first update I actually didn't because I couldn't even get the app to start. Like people were pissed off. Like when I went to the forums for Crunchyroll. There Were people just yelling into the void, as I said to you? Because they just they were like me, we couldn't start the app. It just literally gave us an oops. Good luck. Yeah, that's sort of it. <laughs> and that's some people obviously didn't have access it to through other means, so I could understand some of their frustration. They might have went a little overboard in how they expressed their opinions, but uh. And then the other one I know I was thinking on one last little nitpick I noticed is. If you were going, because I'm watching it from week to week, a lot of shows, but I was watching something else where it went to the next episode. And I noticed that it basically cut out the episode and said, okay, it did the countdown that way. Instead of doing the countdown after the full episode had finished. It's almost like what they've done in mainstream television over the last few years where you don't even get to see the credits. You can't even see them. Because they want another commercial there, and I'm thinking to myself, "Don't tell me if they were on ads, they would somehow find a way to put a fucking ad in there." You know what I mean? Yeah, because of. that kind of irritates me a bit. Well,
0: podcasting—that's part of the dilemma in podcasting, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so there's that. um So that's my lone anime thing, and I—I—I I, got to get value, a little bit more value, I guess, out of my um, subscriptions. Um, yeah, no, I know. That's the thing, as we said with all those subscriptions,
1: is like can we uh I
0: know. how how much are
1: we actually using I mean
0: I mean my most of my watching, believe it mm-hmm. or not, is still sports and esports, surprise, surprise, overwatch mm-hmm. league and then watching our, our beloved Toronto teams. Yeah. And then um That's then, why
1: uh, they got all the rights for those teams and stuff like that with Rogers and Bell and all of them, because they know live events are a big thing that you can't get anywhere
0: else. Right. Like Right, sporting events is mm-hmm. pretty bulletproof from the in the uh, streaming era, in mm-hmm. the via, in the on-demand era. Yeah, um, of course. And uh, if I'm to continue, um, let me go. Uh, there's that. Obviously, on the Netflix side, I've mentioned Terrace House, I've mentioned Marie Kondo's show, so those are still on my queues. And then I'm continuing my NHK work for mm-hmm. one more month. So, uh, so a quick recommendation right now on NHK is I think they're doing a a documentary series on um on Miyazaki. So uh there's so I think part 1 of it has aired 10 year 10 years with Hayao Miyazaki. I know it's been longer than that. But um there is a documentary series currently airing on NHK World and the first episode of that which is on Ponyo it ha- is on, is on demand on the NHK World website.
1: It's kind of interesting thinking about that because isn't G Kids they're releasing like another documentary on Miyazaki and Ghibli and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, I, 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 I remember doubt that. that. So it there's
0: just... so, there's so many out there, but there's another recent one I and know then, they're talking about. And then on top of that, uh, the week before they started the documentary series, they did a special about the music of Studio Ghibli. Mm. So um, which I don't know if is still on demand at the moment, but um, hey, there you go. And there's been some entertain and there and there's been some stuff uh, like. Like um, samurai era shows that tell about the tell the tale of uh, the first Tokugawa shogun and his effect on creating what on creating the city of Edo which would eventually become Tokyo. Okay, maybe not totally anime related, but we're more Asian pop culture too. So there's um, so that's uh, what's been on our Q list. Uh, well, as I said, it'll, like everything else, they all evolve. One final recommendation before we go off the air. Or before we stop the recording, because we are approaching the ninety-minute mark now, or we're over the hour and a half mark. So we're over now. Um, if you're in the Toronto area this weekend, and once again, this is one of those things where, if you are hearing this now, it probably came and went. The Japanese Canadian Cultural Center is holding is now holding their uh, will be holding their spring festival, the Haru Matsuri, this weekend on March second uh, and third. I did mention this on our on our on the twitter on the twitter feed so um check that out if you're in the area i think admission is at least seven dollars if you don't have a jccc membership always something interesting to see there i think um i think the centerpiece will be a martial arts demonstration it's one of those well it's cold out there well it's cold out there but then it's the weather is so crappy out there right now but the spring festival at least is a reminder that it's coming
1: well, We'll see. Yeah, it's, it, it's, we'll, it's been, it's it's been a roller coaster for us out here. I think, I, I like it's the, like snow one week, then it melts, yeah. then ice and rain, I think the, then melts, and then snow.
0: <laughs> I think the—and uh, I'm going to read verbatim on what the uh, website says about the uh, uh, the Spring Festival. Um, Each year, it seems like we're barely experiencing true winter weather as we start preparations for the event. But without the cold and snow, there would be no anticipation for the upcoming season. And there is definitely no better way to head into spring than to visit the JCCC for this. So <laughs> I think, that, but I thought that's a that's a, yeah. an interesting way to put it. So if you're in the area, check that out. I'll try and go myself, but I know I have a busy weekend, and I won't say I know. I presume you do too. Yeah, no, so. a busy
1: weekend. So unfortunately for myself, I wouldn't be able to go to that event. I know there are other events we were talking about that are upcoming mm-hmm. and stuff like that. We probably shouldn't mention. One thing, even though it's a couple months out, we might mention again,
0: because yeah. they announced it T- a You'll couple of weeks ago. TCAF. Yeah, so TCAF. Bring, bring up the TCAF thing now and, and then because, we'll talk again about it towards the date.
1: Yeah, no, it obviously TCAF's in May and they announced that Junji Ito is going to be one of their guests of honor. And he's a well known for his manga and the horror genre and stuff like that. And he's released like this has really went in on him trying to release maybe one a year like. He's coming to Toronto because they're promoting, uh, promoting Smashed, which is being released by Viz in April. So it's kind of a promo for that. And it definitely is a good get for TCAP because they've done a lot of the signature type people that Viz have or those type of alt- alternative manga type people. You know what I mean? That would catch our interest. They would catch comic book interest. They would catch an art Lovers type of interest, you know what I mean? Like you could see it not just in a manga, but maybe on a canvas. You know what I mean? Okay. But he uh it's interesting thinking about that too, because a lot of the time, like 10 or 15 years ago, so many people tried putting out his manga like Tomy and all that stuff, and just felt like it didn't sell. So it's incredible that he's gotten more response and stuff like that, and that he's able to come out to an event like TCAF. And it's just there's so much manga that he could sign, like I'm looking, I have one book here that I'll show you. Uh, his uh, Junji Ito's Cat Diary, which is kind of not horror-related. Ironically, it's about a diary of him and his cats and stuff like that. And it's just a fun little... Off- on and Moo. Yep, it's basically off t- kilter from his normal stuff, which is all horror-related. And it's just an interesting read. So I'm debating I probably will get that signed. I might get Tomi signed as well. But I remember, like, Tommy and some of the other stuff like it was released by comics one it was released by dark horse and now it's released by right. viz in and a hard cut this fuck. is kodansha yeah some of his stuff has been released by other pubs so kodansha has released this one it's still in mm-hmm. print by them vertical has one out by him but most of the main ones are being released by viz and they've been trying to get out one and theirs have been interesting it's been hard back and Obviously, if they're still releasing, they're getting a better response than they used to. And I think a lot of those ones, they're from these Japanese re-releases he's been doing since the beginning of the decade, which are, I guess it's the Junji Ito collection, except they don't do that in English. They just base it off whatever one of the things, uh, the stories is, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Oh. Oops. <laughs> and and one other thing is, so... There's TCAF and I know you're always big on TCAF and maybe I'll finally, get I guess,
1: I guess some out. of it helps that it's yes. free and stuff like yes. that. So free we always say it's like free actually helps. Like it's incredible the support they get from the city, from some of the embassy, not the embassies, but some of the consulates in the area do stuff like the French consulate helps them out because there's obviously a big descent anime, uh, culture there, of course. But there's a big and visual, that-
0: com- visual book, mm-hmm. graphic novel culture. Yeah, and then, then, of course,
1: the Toronto Library, of course, because they're at the reference library and stuff like that. They definitely help out there. And then uh, Chris Butcher in that, and uh, the fellow from The Beguiling, which, of course, Neil talks about as well. It's like they have put their life and soul creating it and keeping it going and stuff like that, and getting some of these guests. Probably it helps that Chris Butcher is now with Viz uh, searching out talent for them, I know. It's
0: culture. It's more Mm -hmm. cultural than it is commercial. That's the impression I get.
1: It's like I remember. I, I think I said I met someone in the line yes, uh, last year at one of the things, and they said how big it was compared to other small press uh, expos and stuff like that. And the one, it's I think it's either outside of Washington or where it was. Well, but it was the small. Um, it's, it's a central it's small the, press uh, expo or whatever. And they said the, that this might have been as big or maybe a bit bigger. And I was like, really? I was like, wow.
0: It's like sometimes life about? surprises you in that sense, right?
1: Yeah, no. Like I it's, knew they had grown and grown and found more space in um, the reference library, but it's definitely, and they're still doing normal it, library stuff while they're holding this event, the, which is incredible.
0: <clears throat> the Toronto Reference Library kind of went semi-viral because it was featured in a Nas Daily, uh, mm-hmm. or like earlier or over the last year, and um, Nas Daily. If you know, if you don't know, it's like it was this guy. Who uh, traveled the world for three years, a thousand days, and he made li- like one-minute videos every day of that trip for a thousand days. And he featured the Toronto Reference Library in one of them when he uh, came to Canada during that during his round-the-world tour. He's um he's he's long since finished his thousand thousand-day journey, but he still uh, produces stuff for he still uh, produces stuff with for Facebook exclusively now. So I think it was always a Facebook thing. So maybe you wouldn't be familiar with it, but he was a very, it, it was a viral thing at the time. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And, uh, what else? I, well, I, I, we pretty much run out of time cause now we're at about an hour 40, but I did want, but, um, I guess we'll bring up the international fan festival a little, one more time. Before it happens on Easter weekend, we're, we're going to record something. I know, I know
1: there that. are some movies that are supposedly coming out to Canada, yes, like too. in a couple of weeks. I know the Fates Day night, the second movie Wait. is coming out. And then Penguin Highway is going to come out Question. when IFF is yes. coming out. In Question
0: um, I think um, I Want to Eat Your Pancreas is being distributed by the um, same people who are doing Fates Day or in the States. Yeah, it's Anaplex.
1: But they haven't said I, anything for screenings here. Yes, from what I've heard,
0: yes, because I think they had a one shot in the states, but like a one weekend a couple weeks ago. Because I got the gra- I got the uh, I got the light novel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
1: I got the light novel as well. I did not get the manga, but, but I, I did get the light novel the light, because that the light novel is the original story. Mm-hmm.
0: I, got, I so got the light I, novel I got, as part of a like to complete an order. <laughs> I, I, did, have, <laughs> to complete have you one of my uh, happened orders.
1: to read it yet? Because I need to get to reading it because I don't know. Why, I know but... the basics of the story, but I haven't read it. Yeah, I've heard some of the basics of the story. So, well, I'm I'm feeling it that like... it's going to be sound similar to Socrates in Love. That was another yes, novel I've from actually, uh, Viz. Yes. I'm not sure uh, if you've read that.
0: No, but I know how how that ends too. Yeah, it's like, it feels like I, it, it, feels has, it like might that, have a yes. similar, you know what I mean? So there so I want to leave that thought with you. Or maybe maybe uh, maybe I'll give that a, I'll give that a read and share some thoughts.
1: Yeah, no. We time. should both try to get to that we got one. It's just we got lot find lot the time, do. right? We
0: got a lot to do. Anyway, I'll, anyway, that's about it for this time around. Um, as I said, we went a little bit longer uh, than we anticipated, but hey, that's the way. it We goes touched back. a lot of topics. Uh, well, some deep ones, mm-hmm. some good ones, I thought.
1: Yeah, and we might come back to them as we always say, oh, right?
0: Yeah. Well, I, I'm kind of counting on it because I'm curious to hear the thoughts of the others, mm-hmm. especially on the Vic McNona story mm-hmm. as that goes on, and then we'll uh, talk. And then I'll get I'll share more thoughts on Marie Kondo, I suppose, some other time, and then we'll. You're gonna convert Neil, huh? i'm not out to. It's, kind of to it's kind of hard to for starters very true yeah so um i guess that's about it we'll see uh, uh the plan for us is not to go another six weeks without taping we we do anticipate that we'll be able to uh, bring what would be i think it's episode eight now it'll be episode eight when we come back uh when we do it um a full episode sometime in march well, and uh, because I know that both Kevin and Young Mo are chomping at the bit to eventually return to the microphones as well. So mm-hmm. uh, let's leave it at that, okay? Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, yep, th- oh, yeah. Of uh, uh, when, thanks for listening. Um, it's just, thanks for listening for the last, oh, hour and a half, uh, hour 45. But thanks for thanks for listening out there. I'd say that's normal for us. Yes. I'd say, right, Mike? It's yeah, like, it is. if they well, stuck
1: with us, then thank you very much because you really are
0: yeah true. Uh, yeah, you guys are real troopers. Hope the commute wasn't that long. if you, If you have any questions or comments as always, we're always looking forward to getting emails. Um, Roundtable at gmail.com is our email address and we are on Twitter at Anime Roundtable as well. Uh, trust me, we don't get any emails, so you can almost gar- I can almost guarantee you you will get a response of some sort should you write, a, write, write the email. And um, if you're curious, you can check out the uh, show links on our website, animeroundtable.com, and our uh, archive on SoundCloud at sixtalk.com as well. So the production company uh, website. It's been a good year. It's been a great year since our. Uh, it's been a good year, and now we can officially say we've been uh, that the podcast has been around for a year again, and it's been fun. So, uh, can't wait to see how the rest of 2018, uh, 2019 has
1: been. A while. Yeah, no, that's the important part, right, Mike? To yeah. have some fun, like, have some discussion. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, yeah. you can be, bring more people to the table, as we always say. Yeah.
0: Well, there are, people are always welcome around it. Just say something good, just say something uh, that adds, adds a good layer to the discussion. Anyway, thanks for listening. We'll see you in a couple weeks for episode eight of the Anime Roundtable. Good night from Toronto.